This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA Media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Well, I, and again, I actually sometimes sports analogies don't fit tightly. I've got to say here it fits perfectly. You get two boxers in a ring. You find out really quickly who the champ is and who the pretender is. Mm. You get two people up on a debate stage and one starts sweating profusely. Like you know immediately who the pretender is and who the champ is. And the champ goes in, mocks him for sweating, and then jabs, jabs, jabs. He sweats a little bit more. And then he just goes in for the kill. And Trump did that with 16 people in 2016. And again, I, I haven't seen anybody that can get in his face, that's good enough to get in his face. I, I had a good, good, good friend of mine, uh, a Republican friend uh, that was at the uh, DeSantis inauguration, and he said business leaders from across the country were flying in. They were lined up as far as you could see to just mm -hmm. be in the presence of Ron DeSantis. I said, yeah, and a lot of those guys, they were doing the same thing with Jeb Bush in 2015. Mm. So we'll see. Maybe yeah. DeSantis can take a punch. My guess is... Just all of us talking right now. My guess is DeSantis says, wait a second, why do I go to the meat grinder that chewed up and spit out 16 Republicans politically? Why don't I let Trump run again? I, I'll serve out my term. I'll end up with, you know, 80% approval ratings among Republicans. And then in 26, I just opened my presidential campaign and I don't have to even take on Deal with this. Yeah. the champ. Right. I, I, I think that's probably what he's thinking in Tallahassee, because I think he knows he does not want to cross Donald Trump on a debate stage. Interesting. Interesting. Morning, Mika's uh, arm candy right there. Wow. Truth. Friday, 20 January, year of our Lord, 2023. We can sum it up. To be the champ, you got to beat the champ. Okay. To be the champ, you got to beat the champ. Um, the, um, that was, I tell you, one of the most profound things that Joe Scarborough has said in a long time. Here's the reality and all the hedge fund money, all the big corporatists, they were down there for the, uh, for the inauguration of governor DeSantis. So I think governor DeSantis is doing a terrific job as governor of Florida. Uh, and he's just getting ready for his legislative session. He's already had, uh, Larry Fink, uh, I think Larry Fink backed down on ESG. In fact, we're going to go to West Virginia in the second hour, talk about ESG, talk about fentanyl, talk about all of it. Um, in fact, the show today, we're, we're going to go to Sarasota, Florida, where there's a rally uh, outside of a, um, the executive committee. I think the Florida GOP, a big vote in there right now about Ronald McDaniel. Ronald McDaniel is going to be on. Mike Lindell is going to be on. Anthony Sabatini is going to be on. 
we're going to deal with Davos. We got Monica Crowley, but I want to put a pin in what we just heard from Joe Scarborough. Is that uh, and President Trump last night gave a one hour and a half barn burner policy, not politics, but policy uh, at Tom Fitton. Tom Fitton, as you know, Judicial Watch, one of the best institutions out there. Uh, Tom, they had uh, down at Doral, they had their uh, annual get together and uh, absolutely packed. And uh, as Boris tells me, a lot of War Room posse down there, a lot of War Room fans want to thank everybody that supports uh, Judicial Watch. But President Trump went for an hour and a half, um, and uh, I heard mostly off script, not not with notes, all about policy, talking about everything from uh, the debt ceiling to the negotiations to uh, everything. It was just incredibly powerful. But right there, you heard it. And, and, and this is something people have to remember is that um, – all of those same corporate and business interests were lined up, lined up uh, in back of the 16 uh, opposition uh, when Trump ran and uh, in, in got ready in 14, announced in 15. They were all lined up against him. And remember, Fox News was lined up against him, too, at the beginning, 100%. I mean, they had him on for the morning shows, et cetera, but you could tell in that first debate when Megyn Kelly tried to kneecap him, uh, they, were, they got orders from, from above uh, about that. So uh, we're in the same situation, and I think Joe Scarborough is right. It's going to be a meat grinder, and President Trump is as tough a campaigner as you possibly could have. And here's my position. Hey, he won in 16. He won again in 20. Uh, They clearly obviously stole it from him. The whole thing of weaponization of government is to start to get to the bottom of uh, the FBI, DOJ, and others that are aligned against the MAGA movement and America First. And these are the ones that are getting heat and getting attraction <clears throat> up on Capitol Hill, you know, the new church committee, it's, it's, it's the fundamental basis of that is the big steal in, in 2020. And President Trump uh, not just deserves another chance, he already got 74, 75 million votes. So who's, <clears throat> who's going to do that? Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley, John Bolton, what I call the Keebler elves. Um, it's just not going to happen. You heard Joe Scarborough right there. Why go through the meat grinder? To beat to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And if you're going to go in and beat the champ, you got to bring a game every day. And you know it's going to it'll be rough, very very sharp elbows. I want to go to uh, start our coverage. You have the historic March for Life, one of the biggest events in in the calendar in Washington D.C. Traditionally not covered by the media uh, because it's not part of their narrative. We have Chris Carter. I think Chris Carter and Captain Bannon are there at the prayer service. Chris uh, Carter, Real America's Voice. Is the prayer service just wrapping up now? Put us in the room there, sir, over at Constitution Hall. Hey, Steve, pleasure to be with you this morning. Yeah, we were just at the National Prayer Service where we heard some various speakers talk about the day's festivities and just the accomplishments that this movement has actually gained in the last year. And there were a few outbursts by some Antifa people there that looked like they were there to protest the pro-life movement. But I have someone very special here with me today who's speaking at the event. This is Summer Smith from Savannah, Georgia. Tell me, how are you feeling being here on this special day and you're speaking at the event? Yeah, I'm really excited. It's the 50th anniversary of the March for Life, so I'm super excited. And Roe v. Wade was reversed last year, so this is really a celebration of life, and we're going to make sure that abortion is abolished in all of America. Now, you're surrounded by some pretty big names. Are you nervous to speak? This is Washington, D.C. A little bit, but I feel confident, and I'm excited to represent my generation. 
Now, you are the president of a very unique organization on your campus, Liberty University. Talk to me about your organization. Yes, I'm the president of Liberty University Students for Life, and we do a lot um, on our campus and around our city. Um, we do politics, we do tabling, uh, sidewalk counseling, and we do a lot to support mothers and fathers in need on campus and off. So you can tell these young people are motivated by what they've seen happen in their short lifetimes, and there's a long way to come. What we look for here today is the future road ahead of this movement. There's been a lot of talk about that. When you and your friends talk about it, what do you say when you see things in the media? Are they portraying your generation accurately? No, I don't think so at all. I think they portray our generation as lost and hopeless and that we don't know what we stand for, but our generation knows what we stand for. And I mean, at these marches, the majority of people are young, under 20 years old. And I, I think that just goes to show that our generation is pro-life and that we will see abortion abolished. And they came up from Savannah last night, these real everyday Americans. Thank you for being here in Washington, D.C. Back to you, Steve. Uh, Chris, hang on. Before we lose you, I want to know. Tell me about the. Tell me about the room, and I want to know about these Antifa. This was a, uh, a non-denominational, multi-denominational prayer service. Uh, Father Pavone was one of the leaders of it. Uh, were there a actually Antifa? Were there Antifa protesters that tried to disrupt the prayers? Is that what happened? Absolutely. So at the beginning of the service, me and my crew rolled in this morning and we were setting things up pretty quickly. And then all of a sudden we just heard outbursts and I said, well, maybe somebody's having a moment. They're really happy, but not that that wasn't the case. There was one of these professional protesters. If you cover this town enough, I called her. I saw Robin Hood this morning. She's a certain person I see around at every event. She and her uh, friends were down there to try to uh, disrupt things this morning, but security handled it eloquently, and the speakers didn't let it get in their head, and they just kind of went on and on. But we've got our eyes peeled out here today for any uh, you know naysayers up to nefarious activities, and there's a pretty strong police presence here too. So we'll continue to watch out all day and give you rolling coverage, Steve. Chris, put it in perspective. You were the one in the middle of the mosh pit outside the Supreme Court uh, when Dobbs, uh, Roe v. Wade was essentially overturned. You were there for days with us. It got pretty dangerous, had a huge police presence. Compare that crowd to Savannah Smith or San Summer Smith in the crowd you're seeing today at the March for Life, sir. Compare and contrast. The two crowds could not be more different, as you would imagine. <laughs> Miss Smith here is a very polite young lady, front row, getting ready. She was preparing to address the audience in the classy manner that you portray. And your family, look at these great Americans behind her, supporting her. Very special day. That day at Dobbs was a completely different story. You've got the black shirts out, the Antifa protesters. We saw this throughout all the MAGA marches before January 6th. And, and ironically, what a lot of our viewers should know is... The security at the Supreme Court, even though they can't find the leaker, we'll get to that a little bit later this afternoon, was really, really serious. They had 10-foot barriers, a huge police presence. None of that was here that day with the Capitol on January 6th. It was almost like it was an induced insurrection, per se. But at the Supreme Court that day, they were ready and they were aggressive and good for them because there was a little out of control, as you saw, but we handle it. We're just here to report the news to you. That's all. Okay, uh, Chris, you're going to be out. We're going to try to get you at the end of the show today to make sure that we get uh, that we get full coverage. Uh, I think what time for everybody in the in the area? What time does the march actually start? What time are the speakers? Where should people go? What are the logistics? 
Okay, so it's a little bit different this year. The rally begins at 12. This is when Miss Smith will be speaking. Then they go down Constitution, and they're going to take a right in front of the Capitol and then go up by the House buildings, up the right-hand side, and then come around to the Capitol in front of the Capitol steps to really make a statement about where this movement is. You know, Now it's been outlawed. It's down to the states, their decisions, and how they're going to navigate these tumultuous abortion laws that are going to be passed from state to state. And even liberal counties all over the nation, they're just in an uproar. But the rally starts at 12. The march starts at 1. They're going to end on the steps of the Capitol on the east side. It'll be in the middle of the Supreme Court in the Capitol. We hope our viewers will stay with us all day long. Okay, uh, at, so walk me through it again. At noon, where, where should people go? Where is that going to be? And then the march starts. So walk me through at noon. Where, where should people go? So right down here on the National Mall, in between the monument and the Capitol here, we're going to start right down here. Then we're going to march east towards the Capitol, right? Take a right in front of the reflecting pool there and then come up the Rayburn buildings on the right side of the Capitol and go down and take a left there on Maryland Avenue, it actually is. And then it's in between the Supreme Court and the Capitol. That's where the final gathering will be. The march starts at 1. It usually ends up about how long would you say the whole march goes? Probably an hour and a half. Yeah, it's about 2.30 when it wraps. The rally here from 12 to 1 should be interesting because we have a variety of speakers here speaking today. Tony Junji, Paul White, Pastor Pavone, Alveda King speaking. So we have a lot of featured people here. And Miss Smith, what do you want to say to your friends at Liberty University before we sign off here? I'm honored to be your Students for Life president, and I cannot wait to continue to pray uh, to end abortion in this country. And your prayers have been answered somewhat, so we're going to continue to follow this throughout the day here in Washington, D.C. Steve, back to you. Chris Carter, Real America's Voice. Real America's Voice is going to have coverage all throughout the day. Of course, the Charlie Kirk Show follows us. Charlie's a very big evangelical besides being a populist and nationalist, so we want to make sure to keep it tuned to Real America Voice coverage throughout the day. We're going to have coverage throughout the entire show. We're also going to come back in our five uh, to seven hour and have uh, post-game coverage also. Chris Carter, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Okay, um, a lot going on today. We're going to go to Davos. We're going to go back to the, uh, as soon as I can track down Captain Banner, we're going to go back to the uh, to the March for Life. We've got Monica Crowley's going to join us. A lot going on. We're going to take a short commercial break here. We're going to be back. We're going to go to Davos and see what they've got in store for you. Also, the RNC, the, the fight for chair of the RNC gets down and dirty. We're going to cover it all wall to wall. Be back in a moment. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. 
Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters sq.com, and download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. Okay, uh, welcome back. Uh, we're going to go back to, uh, we're going to do coverage in and out for the entire day of, uh, of the March for Life. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, Jason Jones on here, a lot of people are talking about because of the, the massive wind to reverse Roe v. Wade. This may be the last of the big March for Life, why people uh, focus on uh, maybe the states. A lot of controversy. Axios had a pretty good article. I put it up on Getter. Go to Getter right now to read it. Let's go to, I want to go to Geneva. Let's go to Nor Bin Laden. Last day. Of uh, of Davos, walk us through walk us through your overview of the conference itself and what came up at the end, ma'am, that our uh, our audience should know about. Hi, Steve. I'll bounce off of our last segment yesterday because I alluded to the fact that the globalists weaponize and even orchestrate crises to justify their drastic restrictions and the complete loss of our freedoms and. The whole week we talked about this digitization of society and all aspects of our lives. And this is exactly what Tony Blair said in plain English language yesterday on that panel, a hundred days to outtrace the next pandemic, which I had already brought up with you um, yesterday. And so straight from his mouth, he said, there is a huge impetus now for national digital infrastructure. Digitization in healthcare is one of the great game changers. We should be helping countries to develop a national digital infrastructure, which they will lead with these new vaccines. It is about showing people and the political leadership that you can make a positive difference to your healthcare system by adopting these measures because they've got an impact beyond any particular disease or pandemic. And so one of the main things I wanted to add in addition to the coverage we've done this week is that they keep pushing this notion of public-private partnership. And I think what we need to understand here, Steve, is how the globalist architecture throughout the 20th century was set up in order to, first of all, capture governments and corporations and use them interchangeably, interchangeably to push the agenda. And what I mean by that is that when they cannot enforce certain policies via governments, then they'll use corporations by making their services ubiquitous. And this is exactly the world and the society we're living uh, in right now. And uh, as I said, this was one giant press conference and they laid out the ground, the groundwork and just detailed the, the vision that they have for such a society throughout the week. You go through, I want to go to this digitization because this is going to be a massive... Um uh, type of control. Look, they talked about climate change. They talked about um, they talked about mental health. They wanted to avoid mm-hmm. to the degree, although it did come up, being in our face mm-hmm. about the Great Reset, about vaccines, uh, about uh, Build Back Better, because they know that those are uh, right now. We've changed the narrative on that. 
But go to this digitization. Walk our audience through how this is going to be the linchpin of what Tony Blair was talking about of really uh, control of the population. I think the key word here is really metrology, which I've mentioned several times uh, throughout the week, which is the science of measurement. And it is because of the advances we've made in technology uh, throughout the last few years that we are at this very specific moment in time where the realization of their plans, which again, I mentioned, have been um, laid out for decades, if not a century or so ago, are very close to uh, their to their the, the, its implementation, what we call the one world government or the centralization of uh, power. And so by tracking everything we do and by installing social credit course, social credit score systems, excuse me, exactly as we see in China, I mean, we don't need to imagine what type of system we will be uh, living under. We just have to look towards what is happening in China today. But this is the model that they want to impose on us. And this is the thing, uh, Steve, they want to remove any form of agency uh, of us humans and just control all aspects of our lives. You brought up something very perceptive the other day. I want to connect the dots here about the science of measurement, and that's in back of uh, much of this of what they're doing. And that's why digitization plays into to so much of it. You mentioned that Klaus Schwab is an engineer, and, and, they, and they think of the world. Um, you know, the, the people that came there, particularly originally, were technocrats, and even on the financial side, were into financial engineering, that they have a very engineering um, angle of attack on, on the world. Does that play in why the science of measurement is so important as the underpinnings of much of what they're doing? 100%, because, uh, Steve, at the root of this globalist project, we have a core um, a group of people that are essentially eugenicist technocrats. I like to refer to them as the Malthusian psycho freaks um, in terms, because it just describe it just describes their ethos perfectly. And there is a quote that I had saved that actually I think is fitting to read to the audience right now, because it's very important that we do understand. It's hard to imagine that such a plan could be so long stand, so long standing, but it has been in the works as I've mentioned, for a very long time. And you have this character in United States history. His name is James Warburg, and he was Paul Warburg's son, one of the key architects of the Federal Reserve. And his son uh, mentioned during a U.S. Senate subcommittee on the revision of the U.N. Charter in 1950, he had this to say. He said, we shall have world government whether or not we like it. The question is only whether world government will be achieved by consent or by conquest. He further stated, Mr. Chairman, I am here to testify in favor of Senate Resolution 56, which, if concurrently enacted with the House, would make the peaceful transformation of the United Nations into a world federation, the avowed aim of United States policy. So, Steve, all of this is tied together, the infiltration of the United States, the hijacking of the United States was essential to reach the point where we are today, again, where they are so close to reaching their goal of installing a society where we are basically stripped of our humanity. And as a wrap up, I would like to share a message to Klaus for him to tell his 
own masters that my name is Nor bin Laden. I am a human being, not a QR code. I don't want to eat the bugs. I don't want to live in the pod. I don't want to be trapped in a digital jail and nothing they can do will make me. I want to keep my God-given freedom and my human dignity. They cannot take this away from me. And we will see the day where these people will be tried for their crimes against humanity. Nor, hang on for one second. I know it's cold there. Just please hold on. I want to play Joe. I yes. want to play the cold open for Joe Allen. Keep Nor on. Go ahead. Let's go ahead and play the cold open for Joe Allen. Artificial intelligence has enabled advances in decoding brain activity in ways that we never before thought possible. After all, what you think, what you feel, it's all just data. Data that in large patterns can be decoded using artificial intelligence. We're not talking about implanted devices of the future. I'm talking about wearable devices that are like Fitbits for your brain. Earbuds, headphones, tiny tattoos that you can wear behind your ear. We can pick up emotional states like are you happy or sad or angry? We can pick up and decode faces that you're seeing in your mind. In fact, the coming future, and I mean near-term future, is these devices being the primary way in which we interact with all of the rest of our technology. Rather than a mouse or a keyboard, you can simply swipe with your mind. While we can't literally decode complex thought just yet, there's a lot that we can already decode that's quite relevant for the workplace environment. Done poorly, it could become the most oppressive technology we've ever introduced in a wide scale across society. We still have the chance to make it right. There's another pathway forward with this technology which I find to actually be quite exciting and something that I think companies should be experimenting with. And that is the use of the technology to make the workplace a more responsive workplace to the individual worker. One where humans and robots and AI work seamlessly together in order to optimize a better and healthier workplace. It also has a dystopian possibility of being used to exploit and bring to the surface our most secret self. So you have recognition memory signals that are pre-conscious and subconscious, and this is part of why it's been used, for example, by governments to interrogate criminals. Do you recognize this potential co-conspirator? Do you recognize yeah. um, you know, this murder weapon? Uh, Nor bin Laden, I think, said it. I'm a human being, right? Uh, Joe Allen, what did we just see there, sir? Uh, Steve, that's a, a professor at uh, Duke University, Nita Farahany. And what she's selling is the idea that corporations and governments would benefit from having non-invasive brain-computer interfaces deployed among their citizens or among their employees and these devices, obviously, she's selling the idea. These devices aren't all that advanced, at least the ones that are out on the market. Uh, what she's talking about, uh, it works pretty well in the lab. But uh, it, really, as these things progress, I see no reason whatsoever why you couldn't end up with companies in the U.S., just like you have in China right now in their train system and in their school system, they're already rolling these out to monitor people's attention, to monitor their fatigue levels. Uh, in America and in the West, they're rolling it out as a sort of gaming fad. 
And so uh, it's really terrifying the possibility of it technically if it were to come to pass. But the intention that she's describing, this intention to monitor the brains, to monitor the thoughts of your employees and your citizens, I think she's expressing a viewpoint that is all too common, especially amongst those at the World Economic Forum. Okay, this is not science fiction. It's science fact. This is not conspiracy theory. They're up in your grill. Exactly the direction of where they're going to roll. Short commercial break. Nor Ben Laden, Joe Allen, Monica Crowley, Matthew Peterson. All next in the war room. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly 250 grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bass. So, so, so Davos, it's a, it's a gathering of uh, technology companies and media and obviously uh, venture capital, private equity, uh, all the hedge fund managers to try to see what, what the direction of where things are going. That's why on the last day of this – and we followed uh, the Neuralink uh, situation quite closely. Uh, but uh, in fact, let me go back to Joe Allen for a second. For I want to get Noor Bin Laden's uh, opinion on this. The, the thing the most disturbing that I heard in that – was she's talking about the once again the combination of uh, in a workspace humans robots AI, and this would be in a situation where you you would have the computer brain interface already, in a, in a, what they refer to as a human, which would, really wouldn't be homo, a Homo sapien, it'd be Homo sapien 2.0. Is that the pitch she's trying to make about where the future goes for the workplace, Joe Allen? Well, you know, Steve, I think it's really important to think about it in terms of uh, the kind of evolution of the technology. So right now, smartphones, which are pretty new on the scene, considering they've only been in use for about 13 years, uh, 14 years. So you, you've got this idea that you're moving from using smartphones to adding on a, a sort of non-invasive brain-computer interface to sync the mind with the digital activity. From there, she estimates within our lifetimes, we'll see implanted brain-computer interfaces, right? Just like Elon Musk, just like Klaus Schwab, just like Yuval Noah Harari, these futurists, that's the future they envision. 
The thing about this non-invasive brain-computer interface is that it really is a sort of realistic step in the direction of merging neurological activity, exploiting it, using it to direct devices, using neurological activity to gauge the emotional state or to, to gauge the sort of energy levels or even the intentions and, and sort of rough thoughts of uh, the, the employee or the citizen. So with a smartphone, you've already got a lot of that, right? Like any of your apps are tracking you, sending it to third parties, uh, Google, Facebook, all of that. So this is already in place. What this represents is basically an enhancement of the surveillance system that is already in place and a movement towards a, a, a more tightly constrained sort of uh, you could say a social credit system, although it wouldn't be called that in the West, in which your mind, your, your, the innermost uh, contents of your brain are used by corporations and governments to better control you or, as they would put it, to better serve you. Uh, uh, Nor, how does this, what, with, the, with the cold open we just played of what happened in um – in, uh, in Davos, in the, in the final days, uh, play to your proclamation to uh, Klaus Schwab, ma'am. Yes, I'd just like to say that was a perfect summary uh, by Mr. Allen. It was absolutely spot on. And uh, this is it. They want to hook us up to a grid. This is the transhumanist agenda. And i just like to say, because that woman used the word uh, dystopia, you know, that there is a risk uh, that this could turn into a dystopia. But that is very much the goal here it's the intention and i think we could summarize it in one sentence in the sense that their utopia is our dystopia and the world that they have prepared for us is so bleak uh, steve it would rip us from any form of human dignity which is why in that statement that i shared in the previous segment i want to make it very clear I am a human being, not a QR code. And we are all human beings, not QR codes. And we can see what transpired with the rollout of the so-called COVID uh, pandemic and the ensuing restrictions and um, drastic measures that completely curtailed our freedoms. Uh, you had to go around. I mean, I stopped traveling. I stopped taking planes because I refused to partake in this system. I refuse to have to show a QR code tied to my personal being. And uh, the, this, this step that they've accelerated to an adoption of a digital ID, ID uh, passport should absolutely terrify every single person. And to just um, close that point, on the very first day I came on the show, I believe, or on the Tuesday, I mentioned that video that the Deputy Prime Minister of Ukraine, Mikhail Fedorov, um, put on his Twitter page uh, last year about Ukraine 2030 and the digitization of the entire society and all services of the government. Um, and coming back to what Tony Blair said, the digitization of the infrastructure of healthcare. Healthcare, again, like I mentioned with climate change, is just another Trojan horse. They're using all these pretexts to push society to adopt this digitization. And we have to, I mean, this, this is happening now. The, the time to change course is now. We don't have any more time. Because as Joe Allen mentioned, these patents, they've been filed 
years ago, decades ago, decades yeah. ago, they've been preparing for this very moment in time. No, they're 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 in the capital raising and, and rollout phase. Uh, Nor, uh, how do people get to you on social media? How do they follow your commentary and observations and analysis, ma'am? Um, I'm on Twitter and Getter at Nor Bin Laden, and my website is norbinladen.com. And I just wanted to thank you, Steve, and the whole team for having me this week. It's been a pleasure reporting uh, for you uh, on all of these, I mean, quite horrible things. But, you know, we have to talk about this. We, an, inform, an informed public is what we need. So it's very important that we talk about all of this. And you guys do a tremendous job. So thanks for having me. Well, we're honored to have you on here, Noor, uh, live from Geneva. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it. Honored to have you on. Thank you. Joe mm-hmm. Allen, h- hang on. We're going to add Monica Crowley, but I want to go to Matthew Peterson, formerly of Claremont, uh, I think founder of the American Mind and now at New Foundings. Uh, Matthew, we did have Ron DeSantis, I think a couple of days ago, st- stood up to, to Larry Fink on the CSG, on the, on the money management of the pension funds in Florida. Walk us through Davos, ESG, Larry Fink. Uh, where are we in this? Because everything I heard coming out of there was climate change, uh, you know, and, and capital, uh, capitalism has to have a social function here that uh, supports uh, the transition, what they're talking the transition to a decarbonized society. Matthew Peterson, your thoughts, sir? Yeah, so I would summarize this as they're, they're tripling down. I mean, there, there's no stop. This has been going on for a long time. Uh, what has happened is that more people, uh, thanks to shows like yours and other people chiming in because of the work you've been doing, more people are aware of what's going on and they've rolled out more and more of it. So as we just heard, I mean, that was excellent with Joe and Nora. I mean, the, the, the digitization of the brain, like the whole, the whole nine yards, it's all happening, right? It's all happening in real time in front of us. And as she said, we don't have a lot of time. So the wake up call should be these people are not going to stop. They met with resistance over the last you know, five to seven years, and it has only emboldened them to move forward faster. And they're doing it out in the open, out in public. And so what I what I when I listen this, to this, but, 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 but hang, 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 hang on, hang on one second. I just want to hear that point again for our audience. This is not tinfoil hat conspiracy theories in, in Davos. It's a coming together of. Uh, the companies, the corporations, the, the R&D, the messaging, the media, but particularly the capital. You have venture, early stage venture capital. You have private equity. You have the hedge funds. You have every stage and how to launch companies and how to build them up. So it's, it's – and they're out there. They're making their pitches right there. They're telling you directionally where they're going to go. So it is happening in real time in front of your face. This is not a conspiracy theory. You don't have a tinfoil hat on. You are looking at it in real time. What are we then – Matthew Peterson to do about it. If you're saying they're not going to back off, although they, you know, the failures of uh, the COVID situation, the Vax situation, uh, the uh, the uh, Great Reset, the Build Back Better. If if they're not going to stop, how then do we stop them, sir? Well, I mean, uh, last I checked, we're in a, a war room, uh, and people need to take that more seriously. This is where things get exciting, and this is what I'm excited about, and this is what I'm doing. Uh, first off, you do need politicians like DeSantis to say, we are not doing business with you anymore. Uh, but but the reason for that, the, the goal here has to be to get money and talent out from underwoke capital and to put it together to create alternative systems, alternative institutions, alternative businesses. In America, that's not just a parallel economy. 
That's an actual American economy by and for Americans. And here's the good news. There are a lot of people in finance who disagree with this. You know, a lot of them are going along with it, but there are plenty of people who are ready to break out. They don't know quite what to do. And so what we need to do, what we're doing at New Founding is you got to connect investors who are looking around, who are on our side, who are going, what the hell is this crap, who, who want to reject it with entrepreneurs and founders who are talented. I'm stealing talent right now from these big corporations because there's plenty of people there who are at the top level who are going, I'm, I'm done. I want to get out of this. But what do I do? You need to connect them with other talented people to build the infrastructure we need. And, and in order to do that, I go even further. We need a vision that goes beyond just opposing wokeness. We need our own ESG, our own social justice. And what I mean by that shouldn't scare you. <laughs> I mean, you know, what if what I, I, ESG is, is just a bureaucratic way of enacting an agenda of control. Right. And they use this language. We need it. But you know it when you see it. All these elements all kind of combine at Davos and you see it all there. And you know it when you see it in the advertising. What we need is an alternative movement, a commercial cultural movement that's moving in a different direction. Instead of the E, you know, it, our E is excellence. We care about excellence over equity. And we want businesses and investors to band together on that basis. Uh, not, you know, whatever sexual fetish you have or whatever the color of your skin is, uh, but actual excellence, God forbid. We want reshoring. We want businesses and investors to be proud of and look for the opportunities in reshoring, manufacturing, and B2B services to, to America. They should be advertising on that fact and half the country wants that. And, and I'd say, instead of climate change, right, I mean, why do we have such a lack of vision? The real crisis in the West is the decline of the American family. Businesses used to sell products and services based on it. Uh, people want to work for businesses that respect the family. I, I, this is, we, we need, in other words, the vision could be somewhat something like I just laid out or different, but that's the positive vision moving forward that you get investors and everyone else excited around so you can build something that will consolidate power and stave off this madness. Uh, tell, talk to us about new foundings. I mean, American Mind, Claremont, these are platinum premier names uh, in the thinking of the new right. Uh, walk me through new found. We've got about a minute and a half. Walk me through new foundings. How are you guys Try, you men and women trying to pull this together? Well, one of the simple things we have is a talent network, newfounding.com slash talent. And we work in a boutique way uh, with, uh, with people across the country who want to get out from underworld capital uh, and connect investors and entrepreneurs, but also just you know professionals. Like someone get, gets canceled at a law firm, they're looking to start a firm where they can do pro bono work, God forbid, on the side of the American people. And we connect them with other talented people to create that firm. So there's an entrepreneurial you know, aspect to this. Uh, you could almost think of it as a, a proto-investment bank that we need. That's the, that, that's the kind of thinking we need, right? I mean, we need our own Goldman. We, we need companies that are going to buy American clothing companies and make them the competitors to Patagonia by advertising in a different way right? That, that's non-woke. So we're putting, we're putting uh, those people together and matching them. But we're also helping we're, we're experimental labs and helping Americans connect to non-woke companies. So we have a guide, guide.newfounding.com. It's in its early stages. We need people to sign up and join. There's even a browser extension so you can keep lists and ask other people questions about, you know, you want even a, a book list or a movie list, but you also want a list of, you know, companies that make wallets that are made in America or whatever. Uh, and that, that digital network, I mean, they're going to use digital technology. The digital network is important. So especially in tech, we need people to band together to build the things we need. <laughs>
Ma- Ma- Matthew, hang on for one second. We're taking a short commercial break. Matthew Peterson, Joe Allen, we got Monica Crowley. Uh, a lot to get to in the next hour. Also, the fight over the leadership of the RNC. All next in the war room. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers services with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile. America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com Bannon. That is PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon, or call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon, or call 878-PATRIOT. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. I tell you what, welcome back on uh, Getter. We're up all the time. The immersive experience of everything we're putting up all day long for all our contributors, myself, in the news feed. Make sure you check it out. It's totally free. Uh, Nor Bin Laden inspired us this morning, and I think Matthew Peterson inspired us also. Matthew, this whole concept of the difference between a parallel economy and really a new American economy, I want to get you back on later where we can drill down more. But I want everybody to go see new foundings today. How do people get to your social media? How do they get to the website? I'm on Twitter at DocMJP, at D-O-C-M-J-P, and you go to newfounding.com and you will, uh, you'll find out more about Newfounding. Um, I would also suggest, you'll see it on Newfounding, Return.Life is our burgeoning tech community of people who want to build differently in tech uh, at Return.Life. Uh, so, you know, check that out as well. But I'm on Twitter at D-O-C-M-J-P. Perfect. Return to Life. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Very inspirational. Um, before I go to Monica Crowley, Joe, and I'm going to ask you, Joe, to hang over into the next hour also. Uh, Joe, when you hear Matthew Peterson, um, this is one of the things we need, correct? you got to have a counter to this. And part of the counter is to stop it and to stop legislation, to get legislation, to get control of this, because it's, it's, it, it's increasing at an increasing rate, which we warn people about. Your thoughts on what you heard from both Nor Ben Laden and Matthew Peterson this morning, sir? Yeah, Steve. Uh, Matthew Peterson, uh, the people at Claremont, uh, Return.Life, which I'm a subscriber to, James Polos, uh, Artie Tola of Canonic XYZ, 
all of these people are doing what they can to build up parallel economies, parallel structures, so that we're not dependent on the central system that is so closely allied with globalists at Davos. So I think that what he's talking about is essential, and you have to have a core, otherwise the wind just blows you over. I know most of my work is critical. It's uh, basically focused on the problem. People like Matthew Peterson, people like Nor Bin Laden are doing what they can to build up something positive in the face of it. And I think that anyone who is looking for an alternative to the sort of dystopia we're talking about would do well to begin there. Yeah. If we don't fight it and we don't come up with a solution, it's going to be dystopian. We understand that. So we can't. we got to fight to stop it, and then we got to have an alternative, a bit away, as they say on Wall Street. Joe, hang with me. We're jammed in the next hour, but i got to get you back. You just hang. Monica Crowley. Monica, I want to bifurcate this discussion with you because I've got big issues to talk to you with, but you're one of the few truly big global thinkers in our movement. Uh, you also know about Davos. Walk us through the direction where Davos is going, and what do we do here in the American experience to stop this madness, ma'am? Well, thank you for having me, Steve, and thank you for giving me a chance to talk about this. This issue is really the biggest issue of our time. When we talk about the communist infiltration or the Marxist revolution that we're experiencing now, which is at a tipping point, in America, this effort goes back to the 1930s as a KGB operation. What we're experiencing through the transnational organizations, like the World Economic Forum, like We just, <clears throat> we just lost her. <clears throat> Do you have me back, Steve? I tell you what, can you, yeah, yeah, can you start over again? That was so important, and somehow uh, we just dropped sure. your link. Cause start, start at the top. we got plenty of time. we got four minutes here, and we'll hold you over into the next. Just give it to me from the top. Sure, yeah. I was just making the point that what we're experiencing uh, via the transnational organizations like the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, they're all working together. It's all of a piece. And this has been going on for decades. So what we're fighting right now and the, the really important subjects that you're talking about here and the overall assault that Western freedom and U.S. freedom is facing right now through the WEF, but also through the huge economic bastions like BlackRock and so on, this has been going on for decades. So the American people need to understand this didn't just start yesterday over the last couple of years. And this is going to require a long-term effort on our part. I was at Davos once. It was January of 2020, right before the world shut down. And I was there as Assistant Secretary of the Treasury in the Trump administration um, as part of the U.S. delegation. I met Klaus Schwab once. And you know, Steve, when you meet certain people, and you really get a bad vibe off of them. I mean, my entire soul went on high vibrate standing next to Klaus Schwab because the evil just coming out of him was was so intense. This is a very dark agenda being led by him and his first lieutenant, Yuval Hariri, who we don't spend enough time talking about, but he is really an evil dark force uh, behind all of this as well. And they are global predators. Dr. Peter Bregan's phrase, which is so apt, They're global predators moving 24 hours a day, seven days a week over decades to move the free world into a fourth industrial revolution, a one world government and a global surveillance state based on what the CCP has established. This means 
a destruction of the United States as we know it. And their slogan by 2020, uh, 2030, you will own nothing and be happy. What does that mean? That means basically political, economic, uh, and cultural Marxism. But it's so much more than that. You will be a serf in their new world order. And what that means for you is no freedom, no private property, no privacy, no bodily autonomy, no national sovereignty, no borders, and no control over your own life. You will be a cog in their wheel to be dispensed with at their discretion. Uh, Monica, if you would please, uh, by the way, just real quickly, uh, you're not a conspiracy theorist, are you, ma'am? I am not. No, but I do know the left, and I've been studying them for a very long time. I know how they think, and I know how they operate. Monica Crowley, honored to have you on here. Ask you to hold. We're going to take a short commercial, 90-second commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to get into the fight at the RNC. Ronna McDaniel is going to join us. Uh, I think we're going to get Anthony Sabatini down in Florida, Mike Lindell, all of it. Uh, we've got a lot to get to in the next hour, and I commit to the audience. We're going to get to all of it. Short commercial break. We'll be back in 90 seconds. Hour two in the war room. Everything's just beginning. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. WARROOM POSSE, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. 
It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. 